This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Tuesday, May 9th, May 12th. I was going to say May 19th, May 12th, 2020. And as you see, the announced today and the list of this most recent over the weekend, states are starting to reopen slowly. Today in Indiana, they're allowing restaurants to accept dining customers. You know, but no restaurant in the world can survive uh, if you limit the number of people they can take in. In other words, if you're saying you can only allow 25% of the uh, dining in capacity, that restaurant won't be able to survive and probably shouldn't open because they can't make it. Most restaurants have to be pretty full to make money. Apple is reopening four stores, including South Carolina. And yes, we are starting to resume economic activity, but flights are still down, what, 90%? So remember, flight planes been flying all along. No one's flying with them, though. So we'll see how that works. Today, Dr. Fauci uh, testified before Congress saying we must be very careful about how quickly we reopen. See, there's a there's a component here. There's like three three basic components. There's the medical component where, you know, we've got to be careful not to spread the virus. There's the political component where you know there's going to be politics from the right and the left. And then there's a third component. People need to get back to work. So that those three are going to be in conflict, I have a feeling. And it's going to take a while to get reopened. It's going to be it's going to be slow and painful. So we still have about thirty million people employed. I mean that that's the that's the crux of the problem. How many of those people are going to get their jobs back? And I'm, I'm, I'll grant you quite a bit, quite a few of them will, but there's going to be a chunk of them that the jobs is gone. It's going to take a while to get it back. But what does that mean for you as investors in the stock market? You know what does it mean for us? It, you know, especially with our goal of financial freedom that we're trying for. You know, a long, long, long time ago, a, um, a guy told me that has been in the, was in the market forever. He says, no matter what kind of market there is, there's always some stocks that are going to be strong. You can, any bear market, bull market, there's going to be stocks no matter what that is going to work. And in this case, there are stocks that are working. There are. You know, you know, Justin and I have been pounding the, 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 pounding the desk about gold stocks for well over a year. Buy some gold mining stocks. I'm not a big gold person, but when I see opportunities, you've got to do it. And then I see opportunity there. Now, I'd wait now. I mean, after the big move, I'd wait for a pullback. But there's other opportunities in other fields, too. Food, you know, uh, drugs, uh, medical supplies. There's, there's areas that are working pretty well. So there's always, always, always something that will be working in the market. And you just got to find those stocks that will work. Okay, I'm ready to take your calls. 888-99-CHART is our number. You can call anytime you want. We're live Monday through Friday, 4 to 5 Pacific time. So we're live right now. So give you a call. Now, during the COVID-19 stay-in-place situation, Justin and I, of course, have postponed all our trips. And mostly I was doing the trips. Justin was just Justin was just getting started to do some trips and didn't, <laughs> didn't get off the ground before this COVID-19 hit. 
But we are doing portfolio reviews. We really are. So if you want to take a look at your portfolio, want to talk about what we can do to help you with your portfolio or maybe manage your portfolio if that's what you choose, we would love to give it a, a phone call. We would love to give you a, a chance to get our unbiased opinion about your holdings. Doesn't mean you have to be a client either. It does not. I did three or four of those today. None of them were going to be clients. So, you know, this is what we do. We're happy to take a look. So all you have to do is send me an email, a message, go to investtalk.com or call our KPP Financial Irvine office. And, you know, we'll be happy to get in touch with you, set up a time. We're, of course, going to need your statement so we can take a look at your holdings. But uh, when we'll call you, set up a time to meet, talk. My main talking point today concerns the story. An analyst is warning that a much more severe stock market sell-off is ahead. Have you noticed positive, negative, positive, negative out of all these analysts? I will say this. Most of them are leaning on the negative right now because we've had a very good move up from the bottom. So they're leaning on the negative. So be aware of that. But we're going to talk about what he thinks. That would be one of our main talking points. Also, i got three other things we might be able to get to that I can talk about. The Federal Reserve started buying corporate debt today. They said they were going to do it. What, what's the difference than what they were doing before? We probably should talk about that a little bit. What are the, what are, what are the bears and bulls arguments? Uh, I'm going to talk about that also. What they, you know, briefly, what do the bears say? What do the bulls say? We, this guy here, we, on the main talking boy is bearish. You know, we're not. But what do the bulls also say? And of course, we got the consumer price CPI in today, talking about inflation. Did you see that number? Yeah, you know, we haven't had inflation, have not seen inflation in a long time. Inflation, and we might even be at a deflationary spiral. But how long will that last? The only reason why I talk about that is we're printing a ton of money, more than a ton, truckloads of tons, <laughs> trillions of dollars. That is very inflationary. But will it show up? Those are what we're talking about, everybody. Of course, you come first. What do you guys want to talk about? The the down four hundred fifty-seven points. The Nasdaq down one hundred ninety, and the S&P down sixty. So yesterday was a mixed market. Today it was definitely down. And it crashed kind of hard at the last hour of the day. I don't know if you saw that. But that's really what happened. So, so now, as you know, we try to take as many calls as we can. Question callers as in this one hour. So let's go ahead and do, go to the voice bank and pick up one of those callers. 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve. I've been watching the interest rate drop, and I was just wondering when you think it would be a good time to refinance. Should I do it now, or do you think the rates will drop a little bit more and I should hold off? And also, should I shop around for a rate, or should I go with my bank? I don't want to be dinged on my credit score for them running my credit too much, so I was just wondering your thoughts on that as well. Thank you. Okay, it went down again. The 30-year fixed mortgage went down. I think it's 3.5 right now, 3.51. Can it get lower? Yeah, I can see it getting down closer to 3, maybe 3.25. It's always a tough question. Should you refinance now? The reason why it's higher than it usually would be is because a lot of people are refinancing. The banks want to slow it down. 
So I think if you wait maybe a little bit longer, I, I think you might get a lesser rate. I really do. Uh, and I, th I think if I was to just remember, I'm not an expert on guessing where the rate's going to be. But I, I know that there's still a lot of refinancing going on. And when that demand slows down, banks will lower their rate to attract more business. That's what I think. Federal Reserve is not going to be raising rates. It's at zero now. They could possibly lower rates in negative territory. So I think you can wait. Still be okay. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we're still making minor adjustments to our audio system. But thank goodness our new equipment has improved our sound vastly. We, we'll, so we'll keep working on it. We'll optimize it for you. But I want it to be the best sound you can have. So I want to thank all the listeners for for staying with us for that this problems. Appreciate that. And now I'm here, ready to provide unbiased answers to your financial and investment questions. We are taking your calls live. 888-99-CHART. Now that this coronavirus scare has shut down all the gymnasiums, my wife has had to go and start running again. That's her normal workout now, and all of a sudden her knees became inflamed creating lots of pain. Obviously, she's looking for relief and started applying Qantas Muscle Rub multiple times per day, three times a day. She told me it helps reduce her soreness and discomfort. Now, if you listen to our podcast, you know I'm skeptical about many of these kind of products. I'm here to tell you from personal experience, this brand is believable. Quanta is a publicly traded applied science company. They make health and wellness products utilizing patented technology and makes them up to five times more efficient. Their flagship product is an all-natural muscle rub that alleviates aches and pains because it directly reduces inflammation. We have teamed up to help listeners to invest talk. So for a limited time, you can save 20% off of all Qantas health wellness products by using the coupon code INVEST, that's I-N-V-E-S-T, on their website. Their website is buyquanta.com. That's B-U-Y-Q-U-A-N-T-A dot com. You are listening to Invest Talk. It's Tuesday. States are beginning to reopen, but not everyone thinks it's a good idea. And you've probably got some good finance and investment questions. Steve and Justin would like to hear from you now. Call Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. Hey, how's it going? New listener to the show, enjoying it. Thanks for what y'all do. To call myself a novice investor would be a flattering statement, so that's just setting the stage of my knowledge of this. I have a large position in GDXJ, the Gold Miners ETF. When I purchased, and I've had it for years and years, probably seven, eight years. I purchased it on a downfall, you know, over $40,000 worth. And it kept free falling and had some reverse splits. And I got to the point where I was lost about half. It was worth half of what I put into it. So I left those funds there. Didn't ever want to pull out and um, confirm the losses. But now I'm curious since the market has crashed or gone down a lot, is now the time to kind of confirm some of those losses and reallocate it to other areas that are going to have better growth? Or since gold is actually hitting numbers right now, is now the right time to leave those funds in there. Thank you. 
Okay, this is v, uh, GDXJ, Vanek Vector Junior Gold Miners. Exchange rate of funds seeking performance corresponding to the Market Vectors Junior Gold Miners Index. Uh, so it's done well coming off the bottom, but never done well over long periods of time. And if you were in GDX instead of GDXJ, that's all the gold miners, not the juniors, you'll see that it's done better than this. Um, I don't really care for this one. I like to see it in the big gold mining companies. I don't mind having some gold smaller ones, but the bigger ones, I think, are a better bet. So it's right, it's right at resistance now. I probably would take some of the money off the table. You said you put a lot of your investments in this and maybe too much. Remember, you shouldn't have more than, I don't know, 15 18% of your portfolio in any one sector. And that means gold mining, precious metal sector. So if it's more than that, you got to cut it back and spread it around. But I do like still owning gold. I still think it has it has a ways to go. I, I think it's not done with its run. It's done much better than the stock market overall. So, I, I, you know, it's a good defensive place to be. Thank you for the call. Okay, my main talking point today, okay, uh, an analyst is warning that there's much more severe stock market sell-off coming. Okay, he's a strategist. He is uh, the coronavirus death toll continues to rise across the U.S. as do a number of job losses. But he thinks the stock market, well, the stock market has performed very well in spite of all those job losses and economic damage. I mean, this guy named Doug Ramsey, Chief Investment Officer of Luthold Group, and he's warning his clients that he expects to see a deeper fall, okay? Uh, he thinks it's going to fall another anywhere from 30 to 40% from where it is today. Now, that's the largest uh, downstroke I have read analysts saying that they're going to see. I had, did see one some time ago month or two ago, thought the market was going to fall 80% from its peak to the trough. But I don't think anybody's believing that at this point. Um, but I did see that. This guy is probably uh, less less uh, bearish, but he's still pretty darn bearish. And he, you know he's basing on? He's based on valuations. He's based on valuations. And the problem with the, that is, you know, if you're based on valuations, he is entirely correct. The valuations are still way too high because earnings are collapsed. They're going to be collapsed this next quarter, right? Next quarter, they're going to see a total collapse of earnings for corporations. But you do know that when the P.E. ratio of the overall market is at its highest, uh, meaning that the earnings have just tanked and because of a recession, that's when the market bottoms. The trick is, is, is it at its highest? Is, you know, have, are we having seen the depth of the recession? Are we at the very deepest part of the recession? If the answer is yes, the market would probably has hit bottom. And that would be that recent bottom we had. Now, I've been telling you, I think we're going to retest that bottom. I think we are. I do. So we'll have to see. On the Nest Invest Talk, this story, why safe dividend stocks could help you earn solid passive income. Hint, stocks with defensive characteristics may be worthy of consideration, which we've been talking about. I will dig into this story tomorrow. 
For now, I'm Steve Peasley, and I'm ready to take your questions live at 888-99-CHART. You are listening to Invest Talk, and there's now some optimism in the air with states reopening and economic activity resuming. So you'll have finance and investment questions, and Steve and Justin welcome your calls. 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve and Justin. Quick question for you in regards to Walker and Dunlop, WD. Wanted to hear your thoughts on it. Got hit pretty hard over the last couple of months, but it's been on a little bit of a run. Does it look like this would be a good time to enter um, that position? And then also, I have cash. So I guess two-pronged question. I have cash on the sideline. Should I plug it in there? Or would it be better to sell a position like AT&T that I've had for a few months now, six, eight months, that has been 25 30% down and uh, kind of cut my losses there? Would love to hear your thoughts and insight, and I'll listen for that on the show. Thanks for all you do. Okay, Walker and Dunlap, uh, uh, it is a small cap company, a billion-dollar size, originates sales and services, multifamily and other commercial real estate financing products in the U.S. And this area has done pretty poorly. The financial area has done pretty poorly. And I'm thinking that is not a good time to, to be in this, this area, not, not yet anyways. Because um, I'm not sure if we're done with our I, – I would wait till the – the uh, the pullback. If we get a pullback in the market, another one, another retest of lows, then I might consider entering these because I think that will, once that's successfully pulled back, once we've tested those lows, and we don't have to go all the way down to the lows. We can go down before and then turn around to the lows and turn around. I even go past it a little bit and turn around. But once that successful retest is done, then I might consider financials at that point. But right now, I think it's too early. I don't think we've seen, as we talked about real estate, just just the previous caller of uh, talking about real estate and you know whether you should refinance. Well, there's still high demand in that area. I don't see the the properties haven't got hurt yet. I think they will, but I think we're just too early for financials, and this is part of the financial industry, Walker and Dunlap. So I, I would stay away from it for the time being. Notice it has not recovered nearly as well as the rest of the market. So I, I'm just not thinking that's the area you want to be in. Not yet, anyways. There's a good company. There's nothing wrong with the company. It's low priced, but low price means future earnings, you know, uh, stay high, and that's not going to happen. Has a nice dividend, four percent. There's a lot of good things about it. But I just think it's too early to venture in that area, that space. Okay? Okay, the Fed started buying corporate debt today. Corporate debt. Remember, they're trying to keep that liquidity in that market to help these kind of financial stocks. So they're buying corporate debt. They're even buying ETFs, exchange-traded funds, corporate bonds, ETF, corporate bond ETFs. They are staying, trying to stay with the quality, though. They're staying with the investment-grade bonds, not small. And they have, they're going to buy about $750 billion worth. That's a pretty good chunk. So this is all an effort for the federal government, the Federal Reserve, to keep liquidity in the markets. Because most corporations don't borrow money from banks, they issue bonds. And so they, that bond market needs to be healthy. That, that That's part of the liquidity out there. 
This is the first time the Federal Reserve has ventured out of mortgage and U.S. government debt. Mortgage debt and government debt. U.S. government debt. They've ventured out of that and now gone to corporate debt. It's the first time in history. Now, a lot of people argue if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Okay? Being, are they forced to do it? Well, if they want to maintain liquidity, they probably are. So that's one way to keep liquidity in a corporate bond market is to be a buyer in that bond market. So, because there's always, there, you know, you don't want to have a bunch of sellers and no buyers. That's, a, that's an issue. That's when liquidity dries up. Why is liquidity such an important part of our economy? Because it's like grease to the economic wheel. If you don't have money flowing, everything comes to a halt. The Great Depression told us that clearly when that happened. All of a sudden, there was no money in the system. It dried up. No one was making loans. No one was borrowing money. No one was building or starting construction, starting business. No, because there was no money. No one would loan it. It was dry. So the Fed's job is to keep that grease on that wheel to keep it rolling. And that's what you have. Okay? Okay, what do folks do when the stores are mostly closed? They shop online, right? So online shopping surged in April up 49% over March. That's according to Adobe Analytics. For almost a 50% increase online shopping. Now, you knew that was going to happen, right? Everybody knew that. Online online grocery sales were up 110%. 110% between March and April, just one month. Online sales for wine and spirits are also up 74%. The real question: What you want to ask yourself is: This a permanent change? How much of this people? How much of this? How, will people like this, or will they revert back to what they do? Now, I'm thinking that they'll still. This increase is is probably changing the way people buy, and I think some of it is permanent. So just be aware that's you know those kinds of stocks benefited. Okay, I got a trivia question, everybody, as I do every day. There are more than 10 very large banks and many smaller community banks in America. As we go to break, here's my trivia question. Approximately how many banks are there in the United States? And how many banks have failed in recent years? I'll have the answer after the break. But now we're taking your market and financial questions live at 888-99-CHART. At the start of each new day, we are presented with opportunities. The chance to learn better ways of doing things. The prospect for establishing stronger business connections. But as you go about your daily routine, there's one task, one challenge you should not put off. The need to plan for and work toward achieving financial freedom. That point in the future when your money, your assets, are working for you while you work only if you want to. Getting from here to there to your idea of financial freedom is possible. However, serious investors eventually recognize that unless they can afford to devote the time and efforts required to thoroughly understand market dynamics, to properly balance, optimize, and maintain their portfolios, Expert guidance will be essential. The moment that spark of reality hits, you will want to consult with Steve Peasley and Justin Klein of KPP Financial 
in Irvine, California. KPP Financial Consultations are unbiased, offered without cost or obligation, and designed to help guide individuals toward their ultimate financial objectives. The next highly beneficial step for your investing future can start when you reach out to Steve or Justin via Skype, a phone call, or a quick message through investtalk.com. You are listening to Invest Talk. The COVID-19 pandemic has turned everything upside down. But are we now seeing some light at the end of the tunnel? You've got finance and investment questions. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein have answers. Call Invest Talk 888-99 Chart. 888-992-4278. I have the answer to the trivia question. And remember before the break, I asked approximately how many banks are there in the United States and how many banks have failed in recent years? Okay, so you know what a bank is, a financial institution that accepts deposits and recurring accounts from people. And banking is, you know, evolved from the 14th century concept of banks from the prosperous cities of the Renaissance Italy. But it, you know, it goes back to ancient times, credit and debit and all that stuff. Now, according to the Forbes in 2020, there are more than 5,000 banks and savings institutions in the U.S., so 5,000. But the assets are concentrated in just a few. Uh, J.P. Morgan has 2.7 trillion, Bank of America 2.3 trillion, Citigroup 1.9 trillion, Wells Fargo 1.8 trillion, Goldman Sachs 925 billion. Okay, from 2015 to 2019, there have been no years in which more than eight banks have failed. No banks failed in 2018. Only four U.S. banks failed in 2019. So it's very rare for a bank to fail. Frankly, it's hard to understand why they would fail. First of all, it's hard to become a bank. You know, you got lots of hoops to jump through. Second of all, you get to borrow money really cheap from the Federal Reserve and lend it out really high to people. <laughs> so, so it's hard to. You know, they, I'm not a banker, but I'm sure it's a difficult business. But you know, you do have a. They have a built-in. You know profit margin that is hard to beat lending borrowing cheap and lending expensive i mean if you borrow money from the federal reserve at zero to 0.25 percent and then then issue a mortgage of three and a half percent that's about 300 plus 325 percent profit margin that's a gross margin expenses of course Let's keep moving. The next question was phoned in earlier from an Talk listener uh, in Ohio. He called us at 888-99-CHART. Hello, my name is Nathan from Marion, Ohio. I have a question about P-E-N-N. Now, I've taken some money that I'm just going to basically ride some stocks out right now that I see the potential of growth. I see that when the, uh, when the market opens up, I see that people are probably going to go back uh, gambling what I've done is basically I, I bought pen and I'm going to write it up. But my question is, when do I sell? That is the biggest question for me. Like, what indicators do I need to, to tell me when, when to sell this stock? I know you guys are value investors and everything, and I have, you know, some long-term holds. So this is just play money, if you will. I'm trying to figure out, you know, when good times to buy, when good times to sell. 
um, make a little profit off of this, you know, the volatility in the market right now. So anything to help me on, on when to sell. I think I made a good buy, but I just need to know when to sell. Thank you. Bye. Okay, this is Penn National Gaming, P-E-N-N, operates 41 gaming properties with 49,637 gaming machines. You know, it's gambling, right? Casinos, casino gambling. Uh, um, So, this is the issue. This got crushed. It was selling for $38 before the fall. It got all the way down to $4. Can't get much more beat up than that. And now it's recovered to $17.75, as of today. What I would do is I would draw a trend line from not the very bottom that it made in March, but another bottom it made in the first part of April. And then the little bottoms it made, I draw a trend line. So that means you probably sell, if it broke below that trend line, I get out. And that trend line is right around $16 or so, $16.50. If it broke that trend line, I get out. You know why I would? Because they're not going to make money this year. They're going to lose $8.76 a share this year. And they're going to lose $0.25 a share next year. So, you know, if, you're, if, this, if this is not a long-term hold for you, which I don't think it should be because it's very erratic, I think you should trade out of this stock. I would lock in some profits. I really would. Don't let it fall too deep before you get out. Take your money off the table. Okay, 888-99-CHART is my number. Okay. Bears and bulls. We got bears and bulls. All more, a lot more bears right now. Writing, uh, writing about why they think the mar- market's going to go down than bulls. But there are bulls. Goldman Sachs says uh, prepare for an 18% fall. Citigroup says uh, there's challenges to the economic recovery, but they didn't give us a. They were talking negatively. Bulls cite cost cutting. Bulls cite Huge spending by the Federal Reserve and the federal government pouring money into the economy. Trillions of dollars. That's the bull story. Bears cite capacity utilization and that is constrained and valuations, which are extremely extended still, especially considering the earnings are not going to be recovered. Bulls will also say there's no really alternative Two stocks. What are you going to do? Put it in the money market fund? What are you going to buy with the, with the money? What are you going to, where are you going to invest it? Except sitting in cash, it makes nothing. So those are the arguments of bears and bulls. Now, my point of view is I think we are, we are too bullish right now. But I'm not, I'm not calling for a huge fall either. Because I think I, there's an old saying that I, I've been living with for many, 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 number of decades, and that is do not fight the Fed. Do not try to go against whatever the Federal Reserve is doing. The Federal Reserve wants to put liquidity in the market. They want to push cash into the market. They usually will succeed, and that means that eventually that cash is going to end up into stocks and push stock valuations up, and I can't see them stopping for the next couple of years. Pushing money into the, into the into the into the into the market, I can't. Look at the clock. I think we can fit another voicemail question. They, they, that this came in at eight 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 ninety nine chart. Mark from San Diego, cars C A R S. Have a small position, which is even smaller from the market meltdown. I got it as a spinoff. 
I don't mind it sitting there for the next 10 years, but uh, it looks like it's pretty much dead money and down and out due to the virus. Your thoughts? Thank you. Cars.com Inc. provides online platform for shoppers in the U.S. to buy and sell service vehicles. I'd be getting out of this stock. They're going to lose $12.16 a share this year. They made a dollar fifty-five last year. They're going to make. They're scheduled to make tenth a share in two thousand twenty-one. It's a five dollar and twenty-eight cent stock. Uh, I, I just don't think it's worth the effort. I, 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 you know, this type of business is a very tiny company. These kinds of businesses come and go. Three hundred fifty-eight million market cap. It, you know, it's just too risky. It's too, you know, why there's a reason why it spun off. But, I, I, you know, the, the sales are shrinking the last five quarters in a row. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah. So what good is that? Five quarters in a row? Okay, I can understand the most recent quarter or two because of the coronavirus. But before that was already shrinking. Why do you want to be involved in something like that? I didn't. I would not. I would not. So I, I'd get out. i just take my money, whatever's left, run and go put it somewhere else instead of staying in this thing. Okay. C-A-R-S, cars.com. Okay, you're listening to Best Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. And during these times of social distancing, you know, that require us to uh, stay at home or stay apart from everybody, uh, you might have some additional discretionary time because you aren't commuting. In this case, I encourage you to explore financial investment information that we have posted uh, on our website, KPP Financial or InvestTalk.com, InvestTalk.com with two T's. You can click on the InvestTalk Programs link. There's always lots of information, lots of that we have posted there are strategies that we use. You know, not, now, we don't go into detail on them because we save that for our clients, but we t- there's five programs that we describe in there and what we do. For example, the Balanced Income Program offers a blend of growth, a growth and interest income. So I, I like the it's balanced income. We're looking for income. The half of the portfolio is in dividend-paying stocks, and half the other portfolio, the other half is in uh, bond ladder, earning us income. We hold on to those bonds to maturity, so it's a very good, pretty conservative type program. Of course, we have stock programs, dynamic growth, discipline equity, different stock programs that, to get more aggressive than the balanced income. Depends on what you want. We have a one, one program called the stable income, which is nothing but a bond, bond ladder, not even attached to the stock market. So, so if you're interested, you can explore our investtalk.com. And, you know, if you're, when you're ready to speak with me or Justin, just leave us a message or call our KPP offices. You know, just click on send us an email. We can easily set up a portfolio assessment by conducting personalized assessment via telephone, Skype, or Jive meetings. I haven't done a Jive meeting. I've done Skype, but Justin's done Jive. Interesting concept there over the phone. It, it really works pretty well. And now I'm taking your questions live, 888-99-CHART. This is Investar. Steve and Justin have just recorded a new rapid fire hour. At a faster pace, you can hear answers to 29 caller questions. The podcast download is free. Go to investtalk.com, search April Bonus Show. And now the phone lines are open. Steve and Justin welcome your calls. 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve and Justin. This is Michael from Dallas. I wanted to ask a general question about how you evaluate companies. 
it seems two of the main metrics you look at are a company's debt and their cash flow. And I was wondering if you could give a quick overview on why you focus on those two things in particular. And also, how do you determine if it's good or bad? Like when you say, this company has too much debt, is that relative to other companies? Or is there some ratio you're looking at? I'm just looking to get some insight. Thanks, and really appreciate the show. Well, you know, what you ask is a lot more complex than and a quick answer I can give you. Uh, debt is extremely important in times like we're having right now. Usually when it's a bull market and the economy is strong, companies put on debt, you know, they, you know, it's easy to pay the debt they have. It's easy to, 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 to continue to carry it or even get more debt if you want to expand your company. It's when a recession happens, when all of a sudden your earnings doesn't go down. Then debt becomes very difficult because now you don't have the cash flow to pay it. So you want to know how much is the debt costing and how much is cash is going to flow into your company at the worst economic cycle. And that's when we say, well, there's too much debt because we know that their cash flow, in a, if the cash flow gets cut, you know, to a certain degree, and we'd usually use a figure of cut in half. The cash flow gets cut in half, can they support the debt? And if the answer is no, then you know that the company could have a, a, what we call liquidity crisis of its own, right? They can't afford to pay their debt. What do they do? They start borrowing more money. And that's a vicious cycle. So they borrow more money to pay off the old debt, and usually that more money is at a higher cost, it gets worse and worse and worse. So you, there is no formula. For some, for instance, some companies like banks, having high debt is how they operate. You Having high debt is not a problem. But all other type of companies that are not financial that take use debt to, you know, to run their business, debt becomes a problem. We like debt-free companies, but there's not too many of those these days. Even Apple has debt. They have huge amounts of cash, but they have debt too. But you got to understand, well, why do they have debt? Well, because they didn't want to bring their profits back here to the, to the U.S. shores from foreign, foreign, for foreign countries because they didn't want to pay another tax. So they borrowed money to pay because at one point they wanted to pay a dividend. They didn't want to use their, their money that they would have to bring back. So they borrowed cheap money to pay a dividend. See, so you got to understand where, why, why do they have debt? And can they afford it in an economic downturn? Okay, for instance, the company we just talked about, Cars.com, they have some debt, and they're going to lose $12 a share this year. And they're going to make $0.10 cents a share next year. Pro- and they don't even have that much debt, but they're going to have a struggle to pay that debt. At the same time, sales are going down. So debt is very important to the formula of how to evaluate a company. So it's a difficult question. Let's go to Robert in Pleasanton. How are you doing, Robert? Doing well, Steve. Thank you. Hey, uh, just to follow up on question. the previous caller's question, I had a question about uh, a different automobile-related company. Symbol is K-A-R. I have a very attractive dividend right now, but obviously the stock price has been taking a beating. So I'm just wondering right. if the dividend is safe in your opinion well this company is a lot stronger than that previous one i'll tell you that right now robert uh this is car auction services k-a-r 
conducts salvaged used vehicle auctions via 74 physical locations in multiple internet venues. So it auctions off cars. They've always made money. They're going to still make money this year, 42 cents, down from $1.04 last year. And then next year, it's supposed to rebound to $1.06. Your return of the dividend, which is probably a good idea, their debt is a little bit heavy. They have very strong cash flow. It's $11.73 stock, and they're paying 6% dividend, 6.5. So can they afford the dividend? They can, but it's going to be tight. So they may cut the dividend. So I don't think the dividend is secure, but I think they still will pay a dividend, but they may cut it because of the cash flow and the debt that they're carrying right now. But still, Robert, it's a good company, a good, strong company. Uh, return on equity is a little low at nine, but all the fundamentals are pretty decent. Appreciate the call. This is Invest.com, Steve Peasley. We have one goal here, to help you achieve financial freedom. Always the same goal. And our work continues after this break, so get your questions in now. 888-99-CHART. Next Invest Talk, why safe dividend stocks could help earn solid passive income. That story tomorrow. But now Steve Peasley is here. He will have unbiased answers, but you must call with your questions. Call Steve, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's go to uh, Saeed in Oakland. Hi, Saeed, how you doing? Hi, how are you doing? Good. Hello? Yes, I hear you. Right, yeah, uh, I have a, I have a question about uh, Cisco. Uh, uh-huh. It's like um, coming to uh, earning tomorrow. Today was uh, really high, like forty-four dollars almost, but went down at the end of the day to like forty-three dollars. So, what do you think is it a good time to buy now, or is it going to be well, high or low? Gonna have, wait for the earnings. Yeah, they're going to come out with their earnings tomorrow. I'll probably go ahead and wait for their earnings to come out. You might get surprised on the upside and have a huge run, or it might be a little disappointing. But the stock has done so well uh, coming off the bottom. I think I I bet that the earnings are going to be a little disappointing. But not the earnings are going to be disappointing. I'm sorry. I think the earnings will do well, but the, but the stock has done well. So I think there might be a profit taking by investors. I'd probably wait on Cisco. Now, everybody, CSCO, Cisco Systems. Make switches, routers, and other networking and communication hardware for businesses and home appliances. It's a big company, huge, $183 billion. There's two Cisco's. One's a food company, SYS something, and this is Cisco, the uh, switcher and router electronics type network kind of company. They're very good blue chip stock, and they're not overly expensive even at this price. They're going to make $3.13 next year after making $3.04 this year. So their earnings are is only going to down $0.06 cents year to year, even with this COVID price, because everybody's building out the 5G network, and they need these kinds of equipment. So that's why they're not doing so bad. They're doing pretty well. I mean, before the crash, they almost got to $50 a share. They went all the way down to 32 and here they have 43 So they're doing quite well. Now, a year ago, almost a year ago, they were at $54 a share. So they pay a 3.3%. So I think it would be a good blue chip stock to hold in your portfolio, Saeed. I do. Uh, but I'd probably wait till after the earnings to see what happens. Watch. I'll be wrong and skyrocket on you. 
<laughs> you should have bought it, but I still would wait. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Okay. Consumer price, CPI came out today. CPI, Consumer Price Index, fell 8 tenths of 1% month over month. That's a 20% fall from, there was a 20% fall in gas prices, uh, record airfare drops in prices. Uh, food went up, food prices went up, but so much, so many prices went down that it just tanked the CPI. Now that means deflation, by the way, everybody. Year over year, the 12 month rate of inflation is three tenths of 1%. But that was down from 2.5% the year before. That's deflation, deflation. Now, the question is is it going to stay that way? Now, I think we're going to have inflation down the road. It might take a couple, three years. Why? Inflation is really a product of the Federal Reserve, money supply. If they print too much money into the system, the money becomes less worth less over time. As they print that money and print that money, it is worth less, causing inflation. Things start; the money's worth less, therefore things cost more, and therefore inducing inflation. Now, what? How can that? How can it not be inflationary? Lack of demand, and that's of course what we have right now. We have a lack of demand. Who's flying? Who's driving? Nobody. Right? Hardly anybody's flying. Very few people driving. We're shut. We're shut. Home. We're shuttered in our homes. That's deflationary. But what happens when we get back to a normal situation? All that money we have, we spent, still going to be out there. So I, I think we're looking at a inflationary scenario. And it's going to be difficult. I mean, it doesn't have to be, but it's going to be difficult to navigate around that. We'll see if that's possible even. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another InvestTalk program, everybody. I will return tomorrow. In the meantime, please remember that you can download our free InvestTalk podcast at iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Be sure to listen, review, and rate us, if you would. And, of course, I want you to let all your friends know. Tell at least two other people. How's that? Two other people to listen to us. And then ask them if they did. <laughs> I appreciate that. And don't forget that April bonus show podcast, answering like 30 questions, right at one after another. Okay, please take a listen to that. Good night, everybody. See you tomorrow. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.